Welcome. It is time for the Under the Ropes podcast. This is the third one of our new format. Still the same podcast as it was before. It's just we're kind of chunking things out now. So if you want to get your ski and snowboard news, you go to the regular podcast. If you're stuck in traffic, if you want to sit on the gondola for a little bit and you want some entertainment, this is the podcast for you then. So thank you so much for listening. The info where you find this is the same, skibumpodcast.com, same social media, and it is still your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Not much. We got our, uh, I got my nephew James with us today. He's going to be helping us out with the podcast. We're adding another member to the creative group here. The creative oh. think tank. That is the High Highfalutin Ski Bum podcast. That's great. Uh, I think we might be getting calls. Or you may be getting wooed from, you know, some high tech companies. Oh, yeah, of course. Once they you hear know. this, you'll be out. Oh, yeah. My voice is going to be everywhere. <laughs> when you put on your resume that you were our intern, you were getting calls from everyone. From oh, Elon, yeah. yeah. From Elon Musk, all these people will be excited and thrilled to have you on their team. Andrew Weiner, he might be a cohort. Who knows? Yes. Elon himself wants to be managing his social media personally. Perhaps. Right-hand man. Perhaps. And Elon is being tormented by the uh, the Bitcoin world on Twitter yes. lately, which is a little little teaser for one of our stories we have under the ropes Bitcoin this week. Bitcoin is go- the world. The world is becoming is going into hyper Bitcoinization. It really is, as was predicted by us in 2015. Well, thank you, everyone, for checking out the Under the Ropes podcast. Like I said, skibumpodcast.com, same social media at skibumpodcast, same email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. We have a special couple of sponsors this week. We talked about the first one last week as well, Valon. Valon Eyewear. Uh, They are at V-A-L-L-O-N.S-T-O-R-E, Valon.store. They have classic styles, maximum performance. Update on classic styles using modern materials and technologies originating out of Verbier, Switzerland, not Italy, where all the other sunglass and goggle companies are all controlled by one big evil conglomerate there. Reasonably priced one kilogram of plastic waste cleaned up with every sale so far over 54,000 pounds of plastic cleaned up free shipping to the U S they have sunglasses. They have goggles. I currently have been rocking all over the Northeast, these super stylish ski aviators that I think are super fresh. I love them. They also have goggles. They have their stairway and Freebirds. Both have a couple different lens options. Go to their website, Valon, V-A-L-L-O-N dot S-T-O-R-E. Check out the goggles, check out the sunglasses. And if you go there now, use the code SKIBUM15, all one word, to get 15% off. Now, our newest sponsor, our pals over at Terracia, T-E-R-R-A-C-E-A.com. Mario, do you have your jacket handy? I know I'll I have go grab here. This is their Sorrel shell, which I got to tell you, man, for the price that they're charging for these, these are super premium in line with the big expensive brands that we all know and love slash hate. That's me wearing mine. Look at that. There's Mario rocking his. You have the beacon jacket, which is the insulated one. The one I was just showing is the, the Sorrel, which is a shell. So they're yeah, based out of New Hampshire. Sweet. Yeah, yours is really sweet too. Their mission is to create best-in-class apparel that can be worn in any cold temperature environment, designed with thoughtful features and fit, always providing optimal level of performance for whatever you are doing. 
They believe that good products can always be made better and are constantly striving and improving and refining. So these guys, they've been around for about five years now, like I said, based in New Hampshire, coming out with some great new products, way more reasonably priced than some of the other big names with just as good, if not better quality. If you guys want to find out more, like I said before, Terracia.com, T-E-R-R-A-C-E-A.com. We have a code for them as well. Terracia Bum. So T-E-R-R-A-C-E-A-B-U-M, all one word, and you will get 15% off. They've got some sweet puffers, shells, pants. They have a couple of lighter weight options too, but I think all those are sold out. So they're moving some really nice product. You're going to see them around a lot more. So we're excited to be working with them. Our friend Mike from Terracia is going to be on the next few weeks. He was, he's been huge in helping us get involved with them and, and they're sponsoring us, which we really do appreciate. Love their products. We'll be rocking a bunch of this stuff when we're on the slopes. So we'll be seeing our posts in the socials the next few months. So thank you, Terracia. Check them out, terracia.com. I will be rocking it at Obergatlinburg next week when I go. Boom. Obergatlinburg. Be ready. Nice blue. And I'll be rocking it. You can look for the blue flash on the mountain. That's me. Can't, can't miss them. <laughs> so let's start it off. It's time for Opray today. To uh, untapped, but you can see what I'm drinking there. Uh, it is the uh, Cigar City Invasion, which is the Tropical Pale Ale. I think I might have had this on before, maybe last year. It's a solid, solid showing from uh, Cigar City. So it's a pale ale, not as hoppy as the Highlight, but it has it has a little hint of tropical notes uh, from mainly the Simcoe Mosaic hops. Other than that, it's really easy drinking. It's good, good tasting, and it's not. Not killing my my stomach from the the hops. Uh, about five point ABV. Really nice. They actually did come out with the high low, which I think I I showed you pictures of that. You sent me a picture of that. Yeah, at first I was like, "What is he talking about?" I'm like, "Oh, high low." It's the high low, lower alcohol version. Four percent. That one's really good too. That is an IPA, just at a lower percentage. So. It's interesting. I got to see, look into more how that's made. But this is a pale ale, which is usually about four to five, you know, not as hoppy, but um, very good. I like this. Cigar City Salad. I like all their stuff. Yeah, their stuff's pretty good. So I, I had to go a different route today. Again, it's New Year's Day. Now, you may think, Brian, you must have be hung over and partied out last night, which is why you're not having a beer. Or you're having something else. Friends, I wish that were the case. I was in bed at 11-something last night. Unfortunately, my darling little three-year-old or three-month-old daughter decided to wake up every two hours last night screaming bloody murder. So I just had a miserable night's sleep. I'm trying to stay jazzed up. I've had like seven cups of coffee today. And right now, I'm having a delicious traditional medicinals throat coat tea in this really awesome mug that mario got me from oktoberfest nice I, I did put a splash of appleton estates jamaican rum into it to kind of ah, change the flavor sure. profile because usually i know we've talked about in the past we're big fans of the hot toddy you know you do a little honey a little whiskey yep. original that's usually the way to go i figured new year that's the the ultimate baron jaeger that's the way to go yeah and remember that baron jaeger bourbon they did like a mix yeah baron jaeger and bourbon. i was looking for i don't know if they still make that anymore because that was really delicious that was that whole honey COVID. bourbon trend that happened like was that 10 years ago eight years ago 
when like every company was putting honey in their whiskey, like Jack Daniels honey came out and then everyone else did the same thing. But Thanks, I decided after yeah, we're covered, right? Thanks. COVID. Now I have a question for you. I don't know if you have the answer to this. Now I'm using this Jamaican rum from Appleton estates. Sadly, I remember buying this bottle and it was in Oof. 2006 because I was on a cruise and when you're young and you go on a cruise, you think you're fancy and special when really you're just a, another white trash person going on a vacation. I bought at the duty free on the cruise thinking it was a special, amazing deal. when really it was the same price as any other Appleton estate Jamaican rum. This is how much has, is left 14 years later. I still have not finished the bottle. Does anything, there's no way the rum is as good now in an open bottle than it was 14 years ago, right? I just looked at, I looked it up. Now, first of all, anything you open is going to oxidize, right? At a higher rate. So it will change the flavor a little. It's not going to make you sick. Liquor doesn't go bad in general. Mm -hmm. um, so they're saying if you, if you have, well, they're saying liquor has an indefinite shelf life. Uh, open liquor lasts about a year or two before it goes bad, meaning it starts losing color and flavor. Don't use a liquor for well drinks if you won't use the whole bottle within two years. So whoa, two years? Maybe two years, but it does not generally become toxic. They'll always use your common <laughs> sense. So check and make sure years, your liquor has a lot more than two. It's a valuable part of bartender's duties. That's from binwise.com. I don't know who the hell they are, but I'm mixing it with tea. I'm not exactly looking for tannins and flavors and you know. They're saying if profile. you store hard liquor in moderate temperature away from direct light, it lasts indefinitely. At 30 to 40%, liquor is not a hospital environment for bacteria. And if it's not opened, you'll deal with virtually no oxidation. Once you open it, um, that's where most hard liquors will go bad within a year or two. But when we say bad, we don't mean they grow mold or become toxic. Uh, we mean that um, the amount of oxidation degrades the flavor and quality. Mm. So... You know, you're so, mixing it with something. Go right ahead. So if perhaps I have to shit myself in the next 10 minutes, I'll know exactly why. That's right. And if you ever want to <laughs> clean yourself out again, you hit that old 15-year-old Appleton's. Imagine like an old bottle of Bailey's just sitting in your closet, leaving the garage, hot summers. Oh, Yeah, that's just it. Bailey's will go bad. I mean, because you don't have to refrigerate Bailey's, do you? I think you might want to. I don't if think you, you have, have to. No, I think when you, uh, maybe not. I thought when you opened it, no, I'm like, when you're at a bar, they don't have it refrigerated. No. It's just kind of hanging out next to, yeah. I have the country I, cream, the Costco country cream. Dude, I have the same one, man. Irish country <laughs> cream or whatever it's called. Dude, um, that's way too much country cream to, for an entire lifetime of any human being. Oh, James's dad made uh, uh his own this you know the holiday season that's what he makes because he's irish really? you know and nice. it's very easy to make he said you just got to put a lot of stuff in the blender and make it up and it was delicious nice better than the yeah. costco irish country cream it was better awesome. i gotta say but this one we refrigerated because it's fresh i don't know what they do to the other one or why i don't refrigerate the other one but i don't know mm. this one was made Good fresh so we refrigerated it so my 14-year-old rum is probably not going to win any sort of awards anymore, is what we're saying. Yeah, 
And it's deceiving when you say, oh, I've had a 14 years. People are like, oh, that's like aged 14 years. Well, not really. It's not aged. It's it's really sitting in the bottle. And But wouldn't it behoove, or maybe it would be, be a negative thing, if they sold liquor in wooden containers? Because then the flavors would continue to enhance and change and evolve. But then you wouldn't have that, well, this is what it tastes like when it gets bottled. You yeah. Know? Because that's, that's what we're looking what for is consistency over time. That's why we do it. And it's like it's in glass. The flavor doesn't change when it's in the glass. Well, that's what they essentially they're doing, right? They put it in wood casts and it's soaking in the flavor of the wood for X amount of years, 15 years or so. But it, it still has air and it's, I guess, somewhat oxidizing, oxidizing as, as time goes on. But it's not oxidizing a lot because it's a limited amount of air. But, but now if you still, were a man, if you were a man or woman or other gender of science, wouldn't you want to make your own wooden bottles and buy your your hooch of choice, pour it in those wooden bottles that you made and let them sit around and get weird for a couple of years. Well, I do wouldn't have that change you your flavor profile. Well, the gift sites have those little wooden kegs that you put on your bar and you can pour your bourbon in there or your or your whiskey and let it sit in there. And I guess essentially that's what it's doing. Yeah, that makes, that seems like, I think there'd be a bigger market for that. I guess people don't really want to mess around with things too much. They kind of like, I like Maker's Mark. I like Jack Daniels. I want to taste the way it does every time. Yeah, it's a nice centerpiece, a nice showpiece. Like I have two two crystal decanters that I love and I always have bourbon in them. One of them has the house bourbon, which is what we'll put in hot toddies and, we drink a lot. Let's put it that way. And the other one has like the good single malt, like the, you know, the, the nice bourbon that, you know, you want to just put a cube with, with that bourbon and just sit down, have. So Melly and I got a, got each other, a Waterford uh, decanter and, and glass. It's like a six glass collection, like a nice, nice. thing. We So that was kind of our pre-wedding gift to, to each other. So we put good bourbon in that one and they have little, little glasses for it. Like, enough that you put a nice big ice cube in and you put your little bourbon in there. It's perfect. So, Oh, nice. I like nice. that. You use the decanter. How many times do you have a decanter? It just sits in the, in the cupboard or something, you know, in a shelf. I remember when we were right? registering for our wedding there was a Waterford decanter I put on our list. It was like a $250 decanter and no one was dumb enough to buy it for us, which I respect. Yeah. Cause it would just sit but, there and nothing would be in it. Yeah. So I had a decanter, a crystal decanter that I don't know if that was Waterford, but it, it might have been. And it sat in the, my cabinet for, I got to say, I've had that thing for at least five years, maybe longer. Could be like 15 or 20 years. What's sat the problem? With- it's not enhancing the flavor of it. If you had it, I mean, it does look cool when it's out for sure. But if you had something that changed, it made the flavor better. Yeah. But then I made a bar and now I got to put it out. So I put it on the bar with the thing there and we just hit it up. It's nice. Nice. The problem is though with the wooden things is that some dipshit would like varnish it and then put their bourbon in it. They would drink it and they would die and then they would sue everybody and then they couldn't do it anymore. This bourbon made me sick. No, it's not. It's your dipshit idea made you sick. Why would you varnish your bottle first and then pour your bourbon in there? It's madness. Madness. The moral of the story is follow the science, like Tom Cruise would say. Drink your alcohol. 
get the right size bottle when you when you get alcohol. If you're gonna buy the get, bottle, like, and drink the whole goddamn thing. Yeah. Well, so like, right. there's some there's some things I put in stuff. So there's that. Um, the hell's the name of it? Saint Germain, which is like an elderflower liqueur. It's very thick liqueur. It's nice to drink as an aperitif, but it's also good if you do like a gin and tonic or gin and club. You add a little of that. Adds a nice oh, little really flavor good. to it. Yeah, really good. But how much Saint Germain are you going to drink? Right. So I buy the little half bottles when I go buy that because I'm like, I'm going to drink the little half bottle, finish it, and go buy another fresh half bottle. I remember having a bottle that stuff like sit around for again a couple of years and it got super dark. I don't know yeah. if that's oxi- oxidation or Chambord too. I have a bottle of Chambord somebody gave me. Looks great, tastes pretty pretty nice, but you don't drink it often. And I think it sat around for raspberry? like four, it's like raspberry. Yeah. Uh sat around for like four or five years and then I, I opened it up. I was like, this isn't good anymore. This is gonna be the rocket shits. So I threw it out. <laughs> I just had to. Well, I guess that's something I could be looking forwarding to in the next couple of minutes if this rum doesn't pan out that, the way I hope it does. That could happen on the podcast. Like, I'm waiting. I'm dying to see now. Hey, man, I got the slop sink right around the corner. So we are, we're good. Very sloppy. It could get very, get very sloppy. sloppy. Yes. All right. And James, right. what do you got? Um, I've got some nice cranberry juice here. <laughs> you got your period, James? What's going on? <laughs> it's got some, uh, some nice effervescence so. coming out of the glass here it's very nice <laughs> there you go <laughs> we don't encourage underage drinking at the ski bump podcast this, so. that's true it's so all in due time right uh, all in due time he's doing the right thing he's got to drive later he's you know yeah maybe in seven months or so yeah there you go maybe we'll have a big party in seven months hey maybe. Yeah. we'll have a giant 21st birthday podcast party Hey. We'll do a live stream. Live stream from the hard rock down here. Maybe we'll be out of quarantine by then. Who knows? Seven months. Anything could happen in seven months. Yeah, anything could have happened. Seven months, we might have our own bubbles. Like we might all literally have a bubble that we're like walking around in. Who yeah. knows? E- Elon could have us on Mars by then. Yeah. Elon could be in Mars. We could be in all in Japan right at this moment. That's right. Uh, Skynet might have taken over America by that point. Who knows? What do you think about shipping the sick people like to the moon? Just chuck them on the moon until they get better and then bring them back. That could work. That, that could be the <laughs> hey, quarantine on the moon. Hey, you know, we That's were talking perfect. about aging in your own wooden barrels. Smear the inside with moon dust. Huh? Gives it some nice ah. earthy flavor. Can you imagine the drink possibilities? Moon dust cubes. <sighs> I mean, seriously, remember that we had that story a bunch of years ago where McAllen, they took their the scotch they were making and they aged one portion of it on Earth and then the other portion of it on in the International Space Station. Yes, remember, I remember. had different different flavor profiles. Yeah, they said it was wild, right? Yeah, it, it tastes like, like gasoline and cherries or something. The one that they uh, yeah. the aged on the space station. I think the space people up there drank it and replaced it with gasoline is what happened. Because if I'm a, that's right. And they're like, if you were like, one of Russian cosmonauts, yeah, it's like, oh, I peace in battle. You don't like it. What are they eating up there that their piss tastes like it's gasoline? <laughs> McCown 25. Of course I'm going to drink it. <laughs> that astronaut ice cream, man. Who knows what that's made out of? Yeah, it's been hitting the sauce a little too hard up there. That's right. We do this for Putin. We piss into scotch. They know like scotch. And then we watch them drink it on TV. Do we ever have a podcast where we don't mention Putin at least once? I, you know, he's got to be on the podcast. 
I think we could get him on with this whole Hunter Biden thing. I think we could get him on. <laughs> It'd be like a fluff piece. He'd be like, great. I'd be on your podcast. That's fine. We'll talk about his amazing hockey skills. I'm sure he'd be happy to come on. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I want the best checks. I want a highlight reel of the best checks on Putin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Number I mean, one hey. would be the carpet taking it out. Yeah. That's right. I that mean, carpet was never seen again. Putin met with the, who was it? Steven Seagal that one time, like in person. Like, I don't know oh why we couldn't get him on the podcast. I so. think they were just staring, staring each other down. He's like, I could take you. Yeah. And then oh. Steven Seagal got real fat. See what happened? It was the Putin mm. effect. Putin effect. Yep. He was hitting those uh, astronaut ice creams too hard. Yeah. Too many. Too many. Not enough uh, Akito and too much astronaut ice cream. I know. He turned into the real Kung Fu Panda. It's gigantic. (laughs) So first up, we have Kentucky can now sell bourbon whiskey online for the first time. Um, now this sounds weird. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people are like, what, you know, and, and then you find out the stories of how there are a lot of bourbon producing counties that were actually dry and things like that. So there's a lot of weird things. I think we're, was it Jack Daniels is in a dry County. Is that what it is? Jack Daniels is in Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, it's Lynchburg, Tennessee, but the County that they're in, yeah, is a dry County, which is kind of hysterical. It's crazy. So I guess Kentucky had rules also about, you know, being able to ship, um, you know, sell online. I mean, there's all sorts of rules. I mean, there's there's a ton of regulation. If you think about making alcohol and selling it, they just they tax the crap out of it and they regulate the hell out of it. So I guess the issue was you could buy bourbon online, but you were buying it through a liquor store online. Right. So Not that was legal. Sure. This is, yeah, this is allowing the actual distilleries to sell their whiskey online. Yeah. So I guess, you know, they're saying, you know, one of the things due to COVID um, has actually transformed this. And they're saying, uh, loosening the law when it comes to the sale of alcohol in key U.S. cities and states. They said the need for sales to be conducted outside of face-to-face interactions meant the e-commerce laws had to be paused or changed or modified in many states. And they're saying this new one in Kentucky uh, ultimately might prove to be one of the most important in the long run, thanks to the passage of Kentucky's HB 415. Retailers and distillers in the state can now sell whiskey and other spirits naturally online for the first time. So, yeah, that's super cool. And, you know, we always talked about with this whole COVID and this lockdown and the way things were going to have to shift and change and people are working from home. Now there's always going to be positives that are going to come out of this because it's going to force people to think a little bit differently. And bourbon County was always a big vacation destination, you know, for bourbon fans, they'd have, you know, tour groups set up the bourbon trail. Yeah. But now with lockdowns, restrictions, social distancing, all that, that really limited the number of visitors that could go down there and check out these distilleries. But now these can, you know, Kentucky only releases are now going to be released online instead of you having to go down there, drive there, fly there, whatever you had to do to get there, which, you know, if you're a person who's super into bourbon, but doesn't want to go all the way to Kentucky, this is great news. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is, so they make a comment in here. They're saying, 
uh, it will pre- presumably be a boon for small, distil- small distilleries in particular, but don't expect to see hyped the hype likes of Buffalo Trace suddenly selling bottles of Pappy Van Winkle in an online store. So for sure. Yeah. And we've talked about this in the past before you can go into at length. Uh, we've tried to get Pappy. We've tried to get on a list to get Pappy and you got to go to a store that has a guy that puts you on a list because you buy so much at their store. And they're like, yeah, I'll get you one of the, one of the bottles that I, that I get. If you, depending on how much you spend in my store, and if you're a customer, and you're not a proper alcoholic, my friend, that you cannot have access to this fancy <laughs> booze. That's right. So, like, <laughs> if, if I call and you know, I was talking to the one guy at uh, at the big place. I don't want to tell their name, but remember the big warehouse place next to where I lived? Oh, for sure. Starts with a G. The guy that ran the liquor there, he was this old crusty bastard. And he was like, yeah, he's like, the way it works is I put you on the list. And, you know, depending on how much you sell and how many bottles I get, because they don't even know how many bottles they're guaranteed. Um, he's like, you know, I put you on the list and, you know, I call you. And if you don't call me back or you don't answer, I just strike you off the list. <laughs> like, Thanks. Can you put me on the list? You know, of course, I never got called by that fucker or, or it came from an unknown number. I don't know. Is this another sales call? Like, I'm, I'm not even answering. There's my yeah. Pappy Van Winkle. Gone. Yeah, that's the the frustrating thing, too, is now imagine if you are a real bourbon fan, you know, like this is your favorite thing. And, you know, you're you're not going to drop. You have to become an alcoholic to get on the list pretty much, you know. And when you look at the prices of the the old Rip Van Winkle and the Pappy. So the Pappy, the uh, the cheapest one is the 15-year-old. MSRP is 120 bucks. Yeah. That's a lot of money, but it's not insane. MSRP is 120. You're still paying 150 because that grouchy mustachioed man at the- I need the my cut. I need my big. I got to get my cut because he's a big boon-handed guy in North Jersey <laughs> trying to get his, his cut out of it. But this is the problem. Is it said, so if you- if you get MSRP, like you're, you're way ahead of the game. They said that most places mark it up 500% past MSRP. Damn. So that 15 year old is going to be 500 bucks. Yep. Like really? Like, is that the, like you couldn't think of anything better to do with 500 bucks than buying this bottle of whiskey. I'm thinking like, you know, places like that, that they get a list and all that stuff. They probably, you know, to make it look like they're actually distributing it the right way. They give like, people you know 10 bottles at a, at a big markup but not like 500 percent, and then they're selling the rest online or or some other way making a huge markup that 500 dollars gets you two days of skiing at beaver creek if you bought ticket window price sales can you bring a bat- bottle of pappy and exchange it for tickets that would be awesome barter <laughs> the barter system if we could return to the barter system you you roll up to the uh the, the beaver creek ticket right. window and be like i'd like a two-day lift ticket sir here's this bottle of pappy van winkle 15 that's right or that's when you stretch into a three-day but like wow well, my pappy you know it's hard it's not even distributed out here can i get a three-day ticket <laughs> sir you'll need a 20 year old pappy if you want that that's right yeah he worked me down to a two-day ticket and a go fuck yourself that's what i got <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> How much for this bottle of Cristal? I'll throw in a bottle of Hypnotic for you. How about that? Is that a deal? How about an original Four Loco that has been sitting <laughs> in my refrigerator? 11 years later, my friend. 
It's still there. 11 years, 11 years aged in can, can age. I have this very nice uh, Mountain 2 code red that's been sitting in the back <laughs> of my cupboard for four years. What do you give me for that? There you <laughs> go. We, I think... Maybe for your 21st birthday party, we'll just unleash all these cans and see what happens. Ah, <laughs> uh, this well, next story is oh. a show on TV where they drink and they eat stuff out of cans from like the 20s, like old. We have talked about this like 10 times already on the podcast. Yes. I know. You got you to reach out to them for that. Poor locos, you got to drink yeah. it with them. <laughs> yeah, my friends and I have talked about that before. Um, that's what's going to happen to like uh, Sprite Cranberry after a while because they don't have just the normal cranberry anymore. It's like the winter cranberry or whatever. So people that have the original one are going to stock up on it and sell it. Those like guys on that show are going to drink something and just go blind. It's, yeah. it's going to happen. All right, so I just, I just looked up Four loco original recipe <laughs> on eBay. someone's asking for a can. And that's for the disgusting... That's an empty can with a sealed top. I don't even understand what I'm looking at. So you're just just buying aluminum. You can just go to the scrapyard and get some for like a penny. Screw that. You got to sell that thing. Dude, you should put it up there for like $200. Auction it. It might be at Christie's. You may have to contact them. I don't even understand. A Four loco Blue Raspberry empty can with a sealed top from 2010. They're asking $100 for it. For an like, empty can. An empty can. I've got a full can. I got I got jet fuel in my fridge. <laughs> it's like uh, the crazy girl that sold a lock of Justin Bieber's hair on eBay like back when he was the big thing around. Imagine putting that online. What do you mean it was? Bag. It's a bag that Justin Bieber's hair was in previously. <laughs> uh, you know what? I just came across a site. This is magical. So David, David the, bar- the bartender? Yes, I was just looking at that too. <laughs> <laughs> Create your own FDA van for Loco. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hells to the yeah. <laughs> David the bartender. <laughs> you see the guy in that second picture? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's awesome. The dangerous part. Caffeine delays the effects of alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag crunk time. Hashtag hospitalized. (laughs) (laughs) And you think, quote, WTF, bro. I don't feel anything, dog. Better take a little, better take like 10 shots now because it's crunk time. (laughs) And then they did. Hashtag hospitalized. (laughs) I love that. Disclaimer, warning. How to go? How to not go to the hospital? Drink this drink at your own risk. Do not drink on an empty stomach. Do not drink, eat, snort, whatever any other stimulants after drinking this. <laughs> oh wait! So what they got their recipe? Three ounces of Pinnacle Cake Vodka, or you can use whipped. One ounce of Pinnacle Orange Vodka. One point five ounce Bacardi One Fifty One. Wow, that's one. a lot of One Fifty One. One orange flavor five hour energy 16 ounce cold monster energy rehab orange so you got monster and five hour energy and friggin 151 bacardi whoa 151 and and some other flavored vodkas i think we're gonna have to do a special apre today segment this summer where we make this dude we gotta do it and we still gotta do the incredible hulks I've been talking about that for like 10 years now. Damn, I still haven't done it because I'm like, I don't want to buy a whole bottle of what is it, Hennessy and Hypnotic. Hypnotic is expensive. I'm like, I don't, I don't really. Is it really? 
yeah, it's not cheap. As of today, I'm launching my brand uh, Quattro Loco. Um, <laughs> it's just a, it's just a gallon bottle of uh, from the alcohol dispensary bin for, at the airport that they make it's you nice. dump out all your stuff in. Whatever's not selling, just mix it together, right? Or every like, bottle's different. Well, Quattro Loco could be like the Mexico, you know, where it's like the real sugar in it. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but yeah, it's a but I, I have to delve deeper into this original four loco rabbit hole because there's so many like Reddit, you know, threads in here. And David the bartender, I'm saving this link. I will be bookmarking this link if to get you, back to. If you find out that I was arrested for doing some crazy <laughs> shit, like he really made that four loco, didn't he? Hopefully, James will be recording the whole thing. So we can, uh, we can make a, a short film about it. Yes. That would be you. That would be YouTube gold, right? YouTube gold. That would be part of the documentary film that he curates. Yes. You'll see us at Sundance. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of prohibition, <laughs> 2020, as we talked about this before the podcast even started about prohibition, 2020 marked the 100th anniversary of prohibition. And this is from the Boston Globe. So this has a particular New England twist to it. And I didn't even realize this. New England was actually a hotbed for illegal liquor back then. Isn't that how the Kennedys like made a lot of their money way back? Interesting fact, at the very end of the article, it actually debates that. And it says they uh. were not actually. So you know what? We'll just go to the end of the article because... Everyone always thinks the Kennedys were bootleggers. Um, It talks about, you know, there's obviously a lot of mysteries from the Prohibition era. And it said one of the most persistent one involves Joseph P. Kennedy, the patriarch of the political dynasty, who has long been rumored to have been involved in the bootleg liquor industry. It's never actually been proven, according to the author of... um, the last call, the rise and fall of prohibition. There's no reliable evidence that Kennedy did business in the illegal liquor trade. At least that's his take on it. There's another author who says he sees it differently, but Kennedy was an importer and wholesaler of booze. And I guess they're trying to figure out what the timeline is. This, the um, original author here, what he was saying is that Kennedy actually traveled to Europe with Roosevelt's son and scored the rights to import Dewar's, Haig and Haig Scotch whiskey and Gordon's gin to the U.S. Ah. So once they ratified prohibition and it became legal again in December of 33, Kennedy was in a position to dominate the legal, the new legal liquor market. Oh, so they got in on a backdoor special. I see what happened. Ipso facto, so facto, things are legalizing. We have the rights. We're going to come in and make a make a ton of money. But wow. what's cool is they were talking about how what they would do is off the coast of Cape Cod, they would have ships carrying caseloads of liquor anchored in international waters outside the jurisdiction of the Coast Guard, hmm. and they would call it rum row. And that in the dark of night, rum runners would zip across the water in speedboats, pick up the liquor, and then race back to the shore. Uh, and it said they didn't have any problem getting back to shore because everyone was paid off. Uh, <laughs> like what you got there? Uh, nothing. Here's some. Here's some money. 
That's funny. And the, the article goes in detail about in South Boston, like the, uh, the Gustin gang, which ruled the neighborhoods. And then there was people who were trying to, you know, kind of take on those established gangs. And there was a war between the Irish mafia and the, the Italian mafia. And they just, you know, all the people who were like murdered because of it. Seeing like black and white photos of somebody like that got killed. He's like head, head is in the, uh, the chair. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And they had the one of like the one guy's funeral. It was just like tens of thousands of people there. Damn, that's wild. Yeah, actually, uh, you mentioned the Italian and the Irish. Uh, I think the Valentine's Day massacre with uh, Al Capone. I'm pretty sure those are the two groups that were involved with that. That was, was Chicago, Italian though. The Irish. Yeah. yeah Chicago. But yeah, they hated each other, I guess. There's a lot of overlapping, right? Yeah. Yeah, man, that's a lot of people made a fortune during Prohibition. Huh. Crazy. Same thing, same thing is happening with, with cannabis too. It's gonna have more COVID. They're gonna be killing each other with COVID. Big COVID killing people. Yeah. It's not even the goddamn COVID. It's the vaccine. Just gonna be killing each other. Be like a cartel, a a vaccine cartel. Yeah. We did say back in like February, I was claiming that Balvaney Doublewood Scotch prevents you from getting COVID. Yeah. Any truth there? I tested negative a few weeks ago after having my wife and my little two month, not three month old daughter getting it. It's Perhaps so it was true. Perhaps it gave me the antibodies. Perhaps it was the liver chips. I have no idea at this point. I don't know if I how trust about, the test. How about your, how about Benjamin? Did he negative negative? What's that? Did he eat Balvenie or liver chips? <laughs> he ate the liver chips. See, and he was the one who was the most exposed to patient zero of COVID. Kids didn't even get it. Think. I mean, you know, they say alcohol is not an environment bacteria can grow in. So if enough of your system is alcohol, then you should be fine. What you, know? you got, COVID? You got COVID. The okay, so bitch little virus. Chips and Balvenie. We got we got that going. That's chips and Bal- liver chips and Balvenie. Liver chips. Oof. Yeah. What a, oh, dude! Liver flavored four loco—that could be the uh, the ultimate cure. Dude, oh. I think I'd rather have COVID. How about that? Four loco liver smoothie, mm-hmm, oh. bitch. Oh. <laughs> liver smoothie. It's like all the <laughs> weird sodas you see online that are like bacon flavor and stuff like that. If someone hands me a bottle and says, "Here, drink this," it tastes like haggis. I will. Haggis. <laughs> I, that would be revolting. Mmm, <laughs> the taste of real haggis. Yeah. Is this a pina colada? It's a haggis colada. What the fuck is that? I'm not drinking this. <laughs> drinking that. It's right next to the chunky milk. It's like the uh, the, the Club Med Scotland that was open for like a week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, drink this. It'll put hair on your eyeballs. Uh, what's this, Haggis? Mmm, delicious. I wonder if they have like Haggis for Loco in Scotland. <laughs> well, there's a recipe now right. that you can use with your liver chips. You can take it. Well, you can they, it they have different flavored potato chips all over the world, right? And they have different flavored Kit Kats in Asia. They have the ginger. They have like ginger ale flavored Kit Kats. And uh, if you go to any like Asian food market, like those big ones, they have all kinds of different Kit Kat flavors. You're like, why would anyone eat this? Actually, Bed Bath and Beyond now they have that international international little food section. They have- oh yeah, some of the bigger ones do right. Yeah. yeah, I actually tried a couple of those the other day that were imported from Japan because Kit Kats are huge over there. They wow. have dozens upon dozens of flavors. 
Um, there was a rum raisin Kit Kat, which I tried. That sounds pretty good. Um, that sounds kind of good. Passion fruit they have. Passion fruit. I've heard about that one. Um, they had two of them that I tried that were like tea flavored. One was matcha green tea. The other one was like a smoked tea. Huh. Yeah. Citrus mint. Interesting. Citrus mint. Yogurt sake Kit Kat. Kit Kat's going on. Yogurt sake. That's not a combination I would have thought of. But Yogurt sake Kit Kat. Man. They have like a fancy Kit Kat too. Like it's almost like the uh, Lexus is a Toyota. They have oh, like yeah. a fancy version of Kit Kat too. The, the bespoke Kit Kat. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's where that well, the sake collection. They have that too. So they have the regular sake, they have a yuzu sake, and they have a yogurt sake. Kit I mean, Kat. Hey, you know, that might be good for people that are alcoholics and they're trying to get off of it. Just get some rum flavored Kit Kats. Want some those probiotics? Anchorings. Right. Aid in digestion. They have a pumpkin pudding Kit Kat. Ooh. Baked sweet potato. That's interesting. <laughs> and purple sweet potato. Purple sweet potato. Purple sweet potato. Purple sweet potato. Damn. Rum raisin. That's the one I tried. I I've actually had a purple sweet potato. It's weird because the inside is white, like a regular potato, but it's actually a sweet potato. Yeah. Damn. They had wasabi. a wasabi flavored one, which I tried as well. Um, I was Ooh. expecting it to be really hot because I've always heard that wasabi is really spicy, but honestly, it's yeah, super spicy. Really yeah. a lot to it. I, I tasted a lot more chocolate in that one than wasabi. I mean, it is a, candy at the end of the day. Sweet but. bean jelly made out of red bean flavored. It's red bean, bean flavored Kit Kat. I guess they have red bean ice cream, right? Hmm. You ever have red bean? <laughs> What's that from? Like, I'm going to get you, sucker. Made like bean flavored everything. <laughs> yeah, the rum raisin one I like, though, because after trying the wasabi one and not getting like hardly any wasabi taste, I thought, oh, OK, this is probably going to taste like grape or something. But no, it tasted like a mouthful of rum. Like it was a really strong flavor. So this potato one says the packaging recommends that you bake them for real effect. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Putting Kit Kats in your oven. Yeah. Now, now That's I I think <laughs> I think we need an experiment where we take one city province something a prefactor and we legalize weed in that prefactor of Japan and see what kind of Kit Kat flavors they came up with. Oh my god, they would yeah, it would flourish. Do they have a cough drop flavor Kit Kat? A cough drop flavor. <laughs> Does that have special instructions like keep it in the back of your mouth for 15 minutes or something? Well, it, the, the packaging is like some famous Japanese soccer announcer on there, like yelling. Oh. <laughs> yelling. Oh, that's the other one I tried right there. The uh, the black tea flavored one. That one was interesting. Japanese black. Yeah. They have an edamame flavored one. Edamame. Mm. And sweet corn. So I'm just intrigued by the sweet potato one. Yeah. It is recommended to bake for more deliciousness. Yeah. It shows a picture there of like a before and after. Like you'd expect the Kit Kat to be completely melted as like a viscous goo at the end of it. But no, it, it shows that it's just like crispy, I guess. You got to get a salamander for this. This is where you got to get a professional. Like, right. You go to a restaurant, like, can you chuck this in a salamander for uh, 30 <laughs> seconds for me? All right. This is the fish of the worst one. They have a European cheese Kit Kat. <laughs> oh, a <God>. European cheese <laughs> Kit Kat. It's like a raclette Kit Kat. Raclette, <laughs> raclette. I mean, not going to lie. If I, someone gave me a Kit Kat and said it was flavored like Gouda cheese, I would be down for that. Right, Gouda is go. the best. They have Japanese Kit Kat 
collection, 16 pieces, all different flavors from a candy place. Yeah. And free delivery will be here by January 5th. <laughs> we should do these on an episode. Just taste test a bunch of them and see what we Just think. A bunch of Kit Kats, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think this is going to happen. Does this have the... This doesn't have the baked one, though. That baked one is the white whale. The wh- <laughs> it's the white whale. Great white buffalo. Why can't I get great white buffalo? <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. People are into, like, all crazy stuff. Apple pie flavor. Halloween. I got to find this European cheese one. Well, you know, it's like uh, people online all the time are trying to come up with, like, uh, their own versions of recipes from big companies. Like, oh... This is how you make a Starbucks whatever latte at home because they don't tell you what's in it at or, the store. Or loco, right? Yeah. So I mean, this Art could be Dave. thing. People are going to be making homemade Kit Kats with whatever flavors they want. Yeah, you're going to go over somewhere for a house party, and they're going to hand you a, a Kit Kat that tastes like cognac or something. Mm. They got a lot of these on Amazon. They actually have these Kit Kat special collections, like 20 pieces, 60 of all weird flavors. Mm-hmm. God damn, I got to go to Japan. Yeah. Dude, so I think like we make our ski trip there. We're going to have just an epic Kit Kat tasting tour. This week, we bring you our podcast from Hokkaido. You know, that would be dope. Exactly, right? You got to go. I wonder if they have a Kit Kat restaurant. I bet you they do. Yeah, just like five thousand bucks a plate, just just Kit Kats. It's like a that you said, Jiro Jiro Dreams of Sushi, that documentary. The guy like practiced making sushi for like fifty years. Yeah, that's like all he does. Well, it's like uh, in New York and Vegas and all those big cities. You usually see like a the big M and M store that's like a couple stories high. They they probably have a Kit Kat store in Japan somewhere that's like five stories taller. You know what they have in Japan? They have the world's first make your own Kit Kat shop opening in Tokyo, and this was from August 2020. Make your own Kit Kat. How about suck it, COVID? We're opening either way. That's right. Wow, look at that. They make the Kit Kat in like a cup. It's like a giant Kit Kat with pieces in there. They have an autumn chestnut Kit Kat. That sounds delicious. Yeah, some of these look really good. It's almost like a, something you'd buy at a bakery or something because they've got all sorts of toppings on it. Oh, yeah. Seriously, right? Kind of to you now. You got to look at this article. We got to plan our trip. European cheese Kit Kat. Participants start by picking what kind of curvature chocolate they want to use milk bitter or ruby mm. and you pour it into the mold you put your cook, uh, crisp cookie wafers smooth it out and then you start with the toppings you have 17 options including <laughs> coconut dry raspberry marshmallow pretzel silver draggies i have no idea what that is uh even edible flowers can you, you bring your own flavors too you know, I'm sure you could sneak them in and be like, Boop. yeah, it's like, hey, I'd, I'd like to make some pizza goldfish flavored Kit Kats. Can I do that? <laughs> you know, it's a disappointing. I'd be like, this is like a freaking goldfish. Yeah. <laughs> like, inst- like, why don't they have a whole line of like savory Kit Kats? You know, so instead of the wafer, they use yeah. like Cheetos, like a Cheeto wafer, you know, and maybe put some cheese in Instead, mm-hmm. just cheese, just flat out cheese sticks. Just cheese. Well, like uh, they talk about in World War II, you know, they'd send soldiers like uh, 
Tootsie rolls with their canteens and stuff. Imagine that, where you get a Kit Kat in your MRE and it tastes like a, a steak or something like oh, that. You know, something Kit really Kats. good. Meat Kit Kats. Or it's like a full turkey dinner. Chocolate covered, like. Is that like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Yeah. When she has like the full Thanksgiving dinner in the uh, yeah, Gobstopper. Tiny little Kit Kat bar, but like each of the sticks is flavored like a different thing. It's like a three course meal. Yes. What was the Kit Kat that you were looking for? The uh, European rock. cheese. European cheese, <laughs> not just not just any cheese. European cheese. European specifically, so you know what you're getting yourself into. <laughs> now I got a lot of weird stuff came up. No Kit Kat. Oh, oh, no autumn sweet potato. Is that the one you bake? There's three different flavors of sweet potato. That's Kit a different sweet potato. That's not the baked one. They have a melon and mascarpone Kit Kat. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> They just, I gotta, I gotta commend Kit Kat. They're just like, whatever, yeah. we'll do, we'll do whatever somebody wants to eat. Mm-hmm. They don't give a goddamn. Love their sweet potato right. flavored stuff in Japan because no. they've got three different varieties of sweet potato stuff. They got a strawberry cheesecake too, which sounds really good. Strawberry cheesecake box, nine mini bars, twenty one bucks. Get it by worth it. Sunday. Yes, Sunday. worth it. This is the Japanese version of getting like uh, those half pound Reese's cups at the store for yeah. Christmas gifts and stuff. Ooh, yeah. It's just a volcano. Oh, Kit Kat Saki bars. Kit. Sweetness for adults. Mini bar. Nine pieces. Two boxes. Three <laughs> piece set. Damn. The apple pie one looks good. The matcha green tea. I don't see your There's teeth. so many. Like each time I think we're done, there's another interesting thing pops up. Apple pie. I mean, this is unbelievable. And then they got the special versions for the holidays. There's like a, you know, there's like the ha- Halloween one and the, the Christmas ones. Yeah. And I'm sure you got people who are like mixing them together to take like a half of one and a half of another. And you're just, you're yeah. making all kinds of wacky flavors. And they add Pringles into the mix. And now I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say that. It's like <laughs> Pringles. You know, they tried to encourage people to mix them up because it means that they're going to buy more tins instead of just the one. Of course. And just add fondue to the whole thing and just yeah. go off the rails. <laughs> just, that's right. Melted cheese on everything. Just dipping it in there. Yeah. See, I think there might be something interesting, but I don't know about the cheese one. I don't think that's in here. No. Mm. Yeah, that cheese one's elusive. That's a tough one. You know, there's a collector out there that's like, yes, I have my whole collection of oh, yes. cheese Kit Kats. You can look, but don't touch. <laughs> Mash.com rates it the absolute worst flavor, which means that's the one I really want to try the most. Uh, that's right. Only currently available at this one secret corner store in like Warsaw or something. That's the only like, place to get it. There's like one Circle K where it's like sitting in the back that no one knows it's there. Do they have bodegas in Japan? I wonder. Probably. Right. Mm. It's got to be a bodega like thing or something, right? A little where they have like all the Kit Kats. Like, cause that's the, the shit you find in like those weird convenience stores. You might find like all this weird stuff. Yeah. I don't know how we got on that tangent, but that was awesome. Kit Kats, man. Just hopping down the Kit Kat rabbit hole. That's right. Speaking, cool. of, multi- speaking of multi flavor Kit Kats, let's get into the Genjula. so good old goddamn stupid ass new jersey again 
Jersey. Lua with their weed legalization. It's this is a setup. I think this is a setup. We voted on legalization. These dummies were supposed to have it ready by January 1st. And good old Murphy was like, up oh, and we're not finding uh under 21 year old. So let's go back and, and fix. Let's fix iron out the wrinkles here in this bill. So, of course, we're supposed to have it legalized now. It's not legalized. And this wonderful story came out this week about a New Jersey boy three hospitalized after eating marijuana edibles left out by mom and friend. Damn. You know, they're edibles. They're probably like little gummies and, and what well, kid's not going to eat them. Right. Well, the thing is they're blaming marijuana, except when they should be blaming the stupid ass parent and the stupid ass friend. You could have left a bottle of Advil out there and the kid is like, Oh, look, they're so blue. The liquid gels. Awesome. You take a yeah. handful of those and the kid dies. Right. I mean, the kid didn't die. No. Drank went, some battery acid. Why? You left it on the freaking table. Oh, anything you leave on there. Yeah. Right. It's like they warn you in school as a kid, you know, not to accept candy from strangers and always check your Halloween candy in case they mix like drugs or something into it. But no one expects your own parent to give you something like that. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the friend came over. They got arrested for endangering the welfare of a child and possession right. of a narcotic paraphernalia. Investigators found the edibles were brought into the house by the friend. Uh, the kid was taken to Hackensack University Medical Center after he ate the edibles on Friday. He became lethargic and unresponsive as a result, and he's currently in critical condition. But the last name was Camacho, so it's President Camacho. <laughs> President Camacho. Kids. <laughs> Macho Camacho. <laughs> that was uh that would be the idiocracy reference, right? Yes. Porn superstar. Riding on a big chopper as he's coming big in. Big motorcycle, yeah. Potential <laughs> uh, address. Yeah. So Jersey blew it again. I mean, what what else would you expect from this state? You, there's it's it's a cliche, but it is for a reason because it just seems it can't get out of its own stupid way. They're finding ways to to delay it. I knew they were going to do it. Of course, sons bitches. Yeah. What are you going to do? But at least we have our Kit Kats to fall back on now. Yeah. Kind of nice. Yummy Kit Kats. Yummy, yummy Kit Kats. All right. So with that, I think it's time to go. Under the ropes. So Mario and James, this first one's all you. <laughs> this is keeping in line with the with the weird Kit Kats conversation we got. Kind of segued <laughs> into this where, hey, you know what? I'm hungry. You know, I want to play some video games. How about a video game console? That will warm up your chicken. Mm -hmm. Have you ever stood there and thought, wow, you know, I'm really enjoying this video game right now, but I'm so invested in it. There's no way I could walk 10 feet to the kitchen to grab myself something to eat. Well, no, KFC has the perfect product for you. The new KF console with a built-in chicken warmer. I read the tagline for this story, and at first... I was like, oh, what's KFC? Like Night Federal Gaming, some like your gaming company. I'm like, sounds, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, it's actually Kentucky Fried Chicken is partnering. There's like a whole KFC gaming division of the company. I had no idea. Dude, this is this is this like is a dedicated thing, apparently. It's like a tooth. This is another rabbit hole because it goes deep. It goes deep. This so. is real. This is a real gaming. Is it a is it a computer? Like it's for PC gaming, right? 
I, I think so. Yeah, it's technically a PC, um, and they promise that you could run 40k 60 FPS on this thing <laughs> and heat up your chicken at the same time, <laughs> all in one place. Now you got to. We, everyone, we've all been you know gamers here. We've all had those machines that are just cranking out like so much hot air for those fans running. I like that they're actually trying to utilize that heat to turn it into something positive, like keeping your fried chicken hot. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy so they have 4k tv gaming along with this enjoy your favorite games in finger chicken good 4k <laughs> quality on supported devices now there's so many questions here a seagate disk drive they have an extra seagate disk drive you get a one terabyte of ssd it has thing. a solid state drive in it it's vr ready damn some good stuff here now big question is how are you like? Do you really want your hands all like fried chickeny, greasy well, when you're using your game controller? controller? Right. I mean, that was gonna special be, controller. That was gonna be my one Maybe comment on it. Yeah, because I mean, think about cleaning this thing. Like after you've done it a couple times, like people already have problems with like cockroaches and stuff crawling into the vents on a PS4. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? Warm. You forget the kid forgets. Yeah, imagine with this thing, you forget to clean it after a couple weeks of warming chicken in it, and you open it up, <laughs> and there's a bunch of gunk inside. It's like no one's cleaning this thing ever. Hide black like the chicken, like. And now, if it was high enough, and you could like kind of stick your face in it like a trough and like pull the chicken out, <laughs> like that would make sense. But it you seems like it's pretty low. Way. Yeah. Yeah. Your gaming controller that it comes with doubles as a set of taunts so you can grab stuff out of there. Uh, now, if they had a rotisserie, like a rotisserie chicken, we could just kind of walk over and take a bite out of it as it's spinning around. You that know, could be like a Boston Market thing or like a Costco, because Costco has those rotisserie chickens. Maybe Costco needs a rival gaming PC. I could see that becoming a thing because, you know, PC gamers, they have their these. RGB lights that they like to set up. Instead, yeah have a rotisserie just spinning the chicken and with the big orange glow as you're gaming nice and slow nice a nice slow rotisserie going on there so you can walk over take a bite get back to your game is that i don't know where to get this (laughs) i don't think it's out there's no link i I saw something about this like months ago and i thought it was just like a funny little thing they made but no they're actually making this a thing it's actually gonna come out now Bodhi wants the ps5 he's got the ps4 now i'm like skip the ps5 all he eats is chicken this is the perfect (laughs) console for him this is the system and eat your chicken that's it you don't have to worry about him starving there's just got to be a better way to dispense the chicken you know some sort of like uh, like, this is fine all they need on here is a little cooler for your your uh for your shop like on top and you can just dispense it right from there i'm on to that make it a full-on like eating thing i'm just trying to think of a way where you could open the warming drawer and the piece of chicken kind of comes like up and out so you can like bite at it and then close it and it goes back down yeah I'm waiting for uh, comes December 2021, introducing the new and improved KF Console <laughs> 2 with built-in toaster attachment. So just launch the food into your mouth from where you're standing. What do I just have a deep fryer? Just have like a whole fryer in there. Yeah. But think of this. You have your game console and people have to upgrade because like, yeah, I got like termites in my or cockroaches in my console. I need a new one because mm-hmm. it's disgusting, right? Grease dripped into my video card and it's not working anymore that's right but i i put too much grease in it i tried frying too many Mm -hmm. i should have gone for original recipe i went for extra crispy some of the extra crispy bits got into the fan 
Yeah. Well, it's like, um, you know, now that I think about it, you guys, have you seen those um, pizza vending machines that exist in a couple places now where it yes. actually like assembles the whole thing and, and bakes it little, in front of you? Yep. Oh, what really? if you made a couple of that? It's like a mini pizza. You put it on one side and then as you're playing the game, it heats up the whole thing and cooks the pizza for you in a so couple of that would be That would be sweet. Or I think we're only a few years away from the 3D printer built into your gaming console where uh, say you're playing your game and with your points, you can get order like mozzarella. You can order some tomato sauce, yeah. some chicken. It'll like make you like a chicken parm in your, it'll 3d print it in your gaming console while you're playing. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So there's people that are speculating the rumored price of this console. How much do you think this would cost? $100 billion. <laughs> They're saying for this console, $2,000. That's it. Wow. $2,000. But you got a cooker. I don't know. Can this do like, is this like an Instapot too? Can it like cook mm. other stuff? Well, I don't think it actually cooks anything. It just keeps it warm, right? Yeah. So technically, you don't have to limit yourself to chicken. I you mean, could probably you've got use some it to make or something. You could put it in there. Yeah. What if, if you're I, a vegan? Yeah. Could you, you, could you put milk. like edamame in there? Yeah. Get some nice cauliflower steaks going inside your KF console. Those are two words that should never be in the same sentence together. Mm. Cauliflower and steak. World's first built-in chicken chamber. Mm -hmm. This is basically a holocaust for chicken. That's what this is. I know. I mean, this is going to be like a whole new section of the industry right here. We're seeing a birth of a new genre of technology, you know? You know what would be funny? Is if the only game you could play on it is (laughs) I Love You, Colonel Sanders, a finger-looking good dating simulator game. Yes. That's the (laughs) only game you could play. Dude, I just had no idea that, like, the Skunk Works operation that KFC had going on. (laughs) They they partnered with Four Locos in the back room, and they are using their... Stuff created out of the out of the collaboration, mm-hmm. I think. Dude, I think like the board of directors at KFC like got into the original recipe and maybe like started snorting it and all these amazing ideas. And now this is the product. This is the byproduct of that. Yeah. created. Uh, he started. So for those of you at home that want to fully dive into this whole KFC gaming rabbit hole as we have, you could go to Steam right now and get yourself the official Kentucky Fried Chicken. Colonel Sanders dating simulator <laughs> where you could cook fried chicken alongside the Colonel himself. <laughs> and he's not the, he's like a younger version still with his little goatee and his white hair. But yeah, like this is a Colonel Sanders that does CrossFit like every week. He is yeah. slim, you know, a younger Japanese style CrossFitting ninja mm-hmm. Colonel Sanders. Dude, yeah. This thing has like 8,800 reviews on it. All very positive. Yeah, 92% positive. People love this game. Wow. And it's an anime style too. So you have like this, he's doing like all the poses and the advertisements <laughs> and stuff. It's available on Windows 7, right? It's Windows 7 OS. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't actually take a lot to run this game. You, and you could get it for a low, low price of a free. You could go and get this right now for nothing. <laughs> I like the top review says, not recommended. No sex with the colonel. Bad game. <laughs> <laughs> this man wants more, Dan. He got his hopes up. Oh, my God. <laughs> he or she is looking for something else. <laughs> I was hoping he'd yank my wishbone, but there was none of that going on in this game. <laughs> 
Oh my god, that's like the only bad review. Everything else is thumbs up. Yes. <laughs> Recommended sex. Yes. One of them just says Colonel in on the streets, senpai in the sheets. says <laughs> <laughs> lick me fingers. <laughs> oh, these are all great. Oh my god. Bus hu- best husband though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually want to play this game now. Like oh my god. I, if what if when I make a Twitch account so I could start streaming my own games, the first one, day one, is gonna be I love you, Colonel Sanders, a finger looking good dating sim. <laughs> Uh, this might be the key to, to to get a ton of uh people following us oh my god i love i love this one review over here it says this game is a masterpiece a true work of art unmatched by any other dev if you haven't <laughs> played this game i highly recommend it yeah that's uh, gonna be our next big thing the uh, highfalutin scheme bums twitch account where we stream the weird games that we talk about <laughs> on the show. awesome wow there's even like a fox in there like i don't yeah, know there's a bunch of on. weird characters you run into apparently according to the 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 pictures on the account here this like weird like younger sexy kind of like uh like gender fluid colonel sanders is kind of freaking yeah. me out of it he's always just like posing like it's freaking me out mm-hmm. gender fluid colonel sanders whoever would yeah. have thought those words would be together in a sentence <laughs> It's like Colonel Sanders. If instead of opening up a, a fried chicken restaurant, he had opened up like a, a bespoke coffee place or something. <laughs> like fair like, trade coffee. Yeah. Yep. It's like super. It. It's like super hipster Colonel Sanders. It's all natural grass-fed coffee. That's what it is. Yeah. All right. So Food and Wine had an article from December. Well, this just came out December 29th. And they're saying over the past few years, Colonel Sanders has transformed from the gentle old fast food mascot into a sexualized beefcake. <laughs> An Never old racist Southern plantation owner into a <laughs> young coffee shop looking beefcake. Yeah. <laughs> you you got to look at this uh, article. Hold on. A crap. How far we've come as society so, where so, food and wine magazine is describing <laughs> Colonel Sanders as a beefcake. But you got to look at that first picture. They have Colonel Sanders with like abs and like jacked and he's at KFC Chickendales. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, so mid in the mid 2000s, striptease artist Rocky Roulette toured France for years with a burlesque troupe, oftentimes performing as both sexy Colonel Sanders and sexy friend mm-hmm. Chicken. <laughs> I'm telling oh, you, the Roy Rogers folks have to be kicking themselves because they missed a golden <laughs> godsend. He was a sexy cowboy to start with. Yeah, yeah he's a cowboy. They were way ahead of the game. He was a sexy cowboy. Now, the friggin' Colonel, the Colonel is eating his lunch. Yeah, that'd be great. The next game I want to see KFC is uh, I want something based in like World War Two, like a period piece. But instead of you shooting people, you just go around trying to unite people on opposite sides over some nice, delicious chicken. <laughs> yeah, like hipster 2020 Colonel Sanders slash back to the future slash band of brothers. Like you're yeah, putting yeah. Them, like you're going back in time and Colonel Sanders is your Doc Brown. I would watch that, yeah. Right? And you're going back to World War II because there was, was it World War I or II? I think it was World War I. They were talking about how the Germans and the British during trench warfare during Christmas time would actually go out and play soccer together. They were like, yeah, we're World War One, I think. Yeah. It was trench warfare, yeah. And they then like the, the high command got note of it. They're like, yeah, we're not doing this anymore. We're trying to kill each other. 
That's yeah. ridiculous. We're going to shoot most each of, other next. Most of us don't want to fight each other. Most of us want to love each other and have some chicken. And this is what sexy Colonel Sanders, Doc Brown is going to go do. <laughs> KFC Gaming brings you the Colonel uh, in KFC Soccer 2021. I want to see FIFA. the party when they when they show up and it's not Chippendales, it's Chickendales. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my god, I love this so much. Oh, tender wings of desire. They have like Colonel Sanders Colonel novella. Sanders novella. <laughs> <laughs> so they have. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I remember a gronking to remember. <laughs> oh yeah, gronking to remember. Yeah, they made a, uh, a tender wings of desire. Their return of the Colonel mm-hmm. campaign kept releasing sexy Sanders with unfailing reliability of mortifier. To name a few, KFC unleashed an unreasonably sexy uh, virtual influencer colonel pleased a dating simulator. That's the game. Yeah. Mother's Day trip of Chickendales. I could guarantee you, if you look online now, there's at least a couple dozen like uh, uh, fan-made stories about Ch- Colonel Sanders, like in the style of, um, what is it? Uh, Tr- like trashy romance novels? Yeah, trashy like romance. those kinds yeah. of things. And instead of like anything like romantic happening it's just him like cooking chicken but they describe everything in really weird detail <laughs> and how many like finger looking good references are they going to have in those in those stories well they have they came out with that movie and, and here it is it's mario lopez was playing colonel sanders and i know <laughs> there was it was the weirdest thing so he, he played it in i guess it was a made for tv movie or something KFC is really branching out here. A recipe for seduction. A recipe for seduction. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. This is gold. Hey, they, they took that chicken and they went, went to the market with it. Mm-hmm. Damn. Whew, I don't know how we follow that one up. Yeah, I, I, what do you follow that with? Like- 11 inches of herbs and spices. <laughs> guys i made that up i gave them gold right there (laughs) oh yes well we have one more story to follow that up with which again is also revolutionary not quite as revolutionary as the fried chicken gaming console Russell Okung from the Carolina Panthers becomes the first NFL player to be paid in Bitcoin. Boom. Bitches. Now, we've been talking about Bitcoin since the dawn of this podcast back in like 2015 or so. So, uh, Russell Okung, he tweeted out back in, I think, March of 2019, pay me in Bitcoin. That's what he wanted. And some 20 months and a 273% price increase after he first tweeted that demand in May of 2019, Okung will be the first player from any major U.S. sports league to be paid in Bitcoin. So the arrangement comes by the way of Zap, which is a startup founded by Jack Mallers. And their product, Strike, is it uses the Lightning Network and it's going to convert half of his traditional paycheck into Bitcoin. Now, Russ makes $13 million a year. So he does okay. Yeah. So he's going to take, well, I mean, I guess we kind of talked about this beforehand. I would assume his $13 million is first taxed and then whatever's the net from that will be split into USD and Bitcoin. 
And what's crazy about it too. So they interviewed uh, Jack Mallers on Monday and he said other pro athletes, including unnamed members of the Brooklyn Nets, the New York Yankees have already begun onboarding this program. Wow. They said the NFL and the NFL Players Association had to be involved to get approval. And it's unclear if such approvals will also be required for the NBA and Major League Baseball. Hmm. So it talks about how strike works. So technically speaking, he's still being paid in fiat. But behind the scenes, the Lightning Network's magic, strike receives a direct deposit from his team, the Carolina Panthers, and then swaps dollars for Bitcoin. That wow. Bitcoin is then sent to a cold storage wallet held by Okung. This is what Jack Maller said. Uh, to recap, Lightning is a secondary system for sending Bitcoin in a cheaper and quicker fashion compared to using the Bitcoin network itself. Hmm. So this is this is really huge because, you know, like I said, he's been talking about this for, you know, almost two years now. And his big thing is, you know, he's he's actually had a, uh, a Russell Kung. He had a uh, conference that he set up. It's called like Bitcoin is underscore. So he's a big believer in, you know, he doesn't want to be tied down to, you know, third party banking systems. He wants to be able to control his own destiny. I mean, look at these athletes. They're sacrificing their bodies. They're they've made all their money by the time they're 30. I mean, he's 32 and still playing, which is pretty incredible. But right. he's uh, trying to begin. He wants independence. Yeah. And, you know, if you're not getting the um, you know, he, he says in the article, he's been long frustrated with the lack of economic power by professional ath athletes, particular black athletes uh, currently hold. So I guess he's seen it as a means to to regain financial independence rather than be tied to banks and a whole economic system that's been potentially keeping people down for a long time. You know, yeah. And what's the benefit of, of having your money with a bank? They use it. They don't. What do you get? What do you get for it? You get a, a mild return. You what are you know? getting? Less than 1% now? Yeah. And and if you want to take out, say you have a lot of, of, lot of money in the bank. Say you have a couple hundred thousand dollars. Do you know what kind of an effort it takes to get your money back? It's ridiculous. No. Yep. You have to jump through hoops to get your money back. Yeah. It's not instant. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to have to move money around to get it. Like, what, what do you mean? You don't have it on hand. They only have whatever the FDIC insurance requires, right? 10% fractional reserve banking. They're only required to have 10% of their deposits on hand. Your money. Yeah. So what if there's a bank run again, like there's been in the past? Yeah. What are you going to get? You'd oh. be lucky to get your 10%. You got in Bitcoin, you get it all. Yeah. You can. You are your own bank when you have Bitcoin. Very That's cool. pretty incredible. Yeah. This is going to, this is going to start a wave. I think 2021 man is going to be insane in the Bitcoin sphere. The price has already been really skyrocketing. If you're kind of following, as I have been, the Bitcoin world the last couple of years, there's a uh, a, uh, a Twitter account called 100, 100 Trillion USD. And the guy, he goes by the name of Plan B. And he's a quant trader in traditional, like traditional, um, you know, st uh, stock and... Uh, Broker. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, more currency trading. Mm -hmm. But he's over in Europe and he developed this model called stock to flow. And it shows the number of bit because every four years, Bitcoin supply it cuts in half. So we just had a halving in 2020 in May. The next one's in 2024. And he was showing his model from the dawn of Bitcoin in 2009 till now. This stock to flow shows this, <clears throat> this price escalation. 
And the model almost matches exactly to what the price has done. And his predictions by 2030 are like Bitcoin at a million dollars per. So say Russ making 13 million puts half of his money to Bitcoin now. He could be one of the richest people in the world by 2030 if this actually plays out. Yeah. Which is incredible. Wow. Who knows? It could, it could completely fall on its face too. Highly unlikely, but possible. Well, um, two years ago, if you were to put all your money in Bitcoin, you'd be sitting on a beach somewhere. There was a story about a family back and I think it was either 2017 or 2018, either right when the, the last crazy peak was or just after it. This family, I think they were Argentinian or Brazilian. They, uh, they sold everything and put it all into Bitcoin. And of course, they were making fun of them in 2018. And there was some article like, oh, where are those folks now? And they're like, we're frigging balling it up right now is where we are. Oh, that's crazy stuff, man. Yeah. But this is really cool. And I know they talk about the guy on the, the Brooklyn Nets. It's got to be that Spencer Dinwiddle, who he was the one we talked about, I think, early last year, who was trying to tokenize himself. Yeah. And True. what he ultimately was trying to do was be like, OK, you can invest in me. So say I sell a thousand Spence coins. And based on my salary and my performance, you will get back a certain percentage, which I mean, imagine you could do that. You know, you could do that with stocks. If you get into a startup, it's like, oh, I think XY company is going to be amazing. I'm going to invest when they go public. Imagine doing that with athletes. I mean, that has to be the next frontier. You can bet on almost anything in the sports world now. It's a form of betting. It's a long-term betting versus a, a per-game betting. Yeah, it's like, okay, this guy's the number one draft pick. You get so-and-so odds. Like you can invest in this guy. Or, you know... This is the fifth draft pick. He's he's worth a little bit less, but you can invest in him and make it a bigger return. Crazy stuff. That has to be the future of of professional sports. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, makes sense to me. Yeah. Awesome. I don't know. We've covered a lot of stuff today, haven't we? We did yeah. have. Yeah. <laughs> Just under an hour. There's a lot of good info there. Ran the gambit. Well, we definitely gave you some shopping ideas. Kit Kats, gaming consoles, KFC. Yes. Novellas. Is there a wait list for the KFC thing? Um, I don't know. Get us on there. I got to get us on this KFC console. <laughs> we got to get that game. We got we to watch the movie. Uh, there's a lot of stuff, KFC, that we got to do. Imagine yeah. get some mozzarella sticks in there. We could do a lot of different things with that little warming compartment. It just has to be chicken. The, the sweet potato Kit Kats. We could put that in the warming oven. Oh, look at that. Perfect. Perfect. Come full circle. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you everyone so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out at skibumpodcast.com. We're on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Podcast. If you want to send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. And stickers, hit us up there or on Instagram. James, thank you for joining us. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay falutin'. See ya.